game yesterday. Brilliant for some, but for someone who's mutual, ordinary, correct. It's a great choice of words right there. How is everyone this morning? Awesome. Good. Come on. Uh, this is our, our last Sunday where we've been uh, preaching and teaching on praise and worship. And, uh, and it's our heart that even though we may stop... Uh, doing a, a full teaching on it, that, it would have, it, that this month has built momentum in your life, that, uh, that you will go out and from this there will be a deposit where you will see the aspects of praise and worship and what it does in your life in a whole new way. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Come on, I love praise and worship. I love to praise God. You know, it is one of the most simplest steps of faith to take is to ramp up your level of praise. And, um, and it's been my heart that, you know, you can preach an amazing message, uh, but it's been my heart that there will be an anointing released upon your life to go to a greater level in praise. Amen? Amen. And so that's what I hope that you get out of this message today. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen? Amen? All right. Just quickly before I get into my first scripture, I, I say this a lot, but King David, if you read through the Psalms, and, and this, this year I've made a real point to, to pour through the Psalms, and King David, have you ever wondered why all the time he speaks to himself? Have you ever wondered that? See, he's always speaking to himself. What I see in his life is there's a shift. There's a shift of each Psalm, it starts with my soul. Awake my soul. You know, uh, w- what are you doing? Soul, wake up. You know, so he's speaking to himself, isn't he? And then you go through the flow of the psalm and it begins to shift from my problem, my feelings, uh, I'm struggling. So he's honest, he's open with himself. But then all of a sudden, it's like there's a shift from him to God and he begins to focus on God. And all of a sudden, by the end of the psalm, you see his whole mindset has completely changed. See, that tells me that you need to speak to yourself when you're feeling tired. You need to speak to yourself when you can't be bothered. You need to talk to your soul. You need to say, come on, get up. Stop being an idiot. Stop being stupid. Christ in you. Jesus Christ lives in you, in you, in you. We are hidden with Christ in God. That is the most profound scripture in the whole Bible. That is, that's the new covenant, that Jesus Christ, the King of all the earth, would come and live in you. And we walk throughout our day, oh man, a bit tired today. You know, I can't be bothered at work. Oh, that, em- that employee is annoying me a little bit. Uh, my boss is annoying me. My wife didn't cook a great dinner last night. Never my situation, obviously. You know, I better go home and have a drink. I better go home and, you know, watch some TV, chill out. I need to wind down because my soul, I'm feeling it in my soul. No! King David, he speaks to his soul. He says, get up. Come on. Get off your... Get up. Stop uh, uh, Stop being a slob soul. It's time to wake up. 
It's time to awaken to the gospel. It's time to awaken to God. It's time to awaken to who you are. Come on, why do you think King David turned himself into, God turned him into a deliverer? God brings deliverance to his life, but then he becomes a man who transforms 400 men who were not the greatest men. They were sad. They're people I wouldn't want to hang around if I wanted to have a fun time. And he transforms those people into a mighty army, a mighty warrior. And that's what I'm believing in this place, that every single person, you will be transformed into a warrior for God's kingdom. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Someone receive that today. Someone receive it. Woo! Soul. Wake up. Wake up. Praise begins in my soul. I'll give you a hot tip. I don't often feel like praising. But I begin to praise in my soul. I begin to worship God. I begin to lift up His name. And as we do that, all of a sudden, the the praise goes from the realm of my soul into the realm of the spirit. My spirit man begins to take over. We're a spirit, soul, and a body. And it goes deep into my spirit and then all of a sudden, praise becomes easy. It's like there's a realm opened up in my life where I begin to praise and it's so easy. And I get to the end of my little praise session at home or here and I'm like, oh, that was amazing. That was incredible. Didn't feel like that at the start. So that's a tip for some people in this room. It's time to speak to yourself. Amen? All right. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Ephesians 2 verse 19. We are fellow citizens and members of his household. Whose household? God's household, yeah. In him, we are, in him, the whole building, who's the building? We are, we're the building, is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in which the Lord lives. In him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Do you know that you are a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit? We individually are temples of God. We are individual temples of the Spirit. So at salvation, He comes and He makes His home in us. I love that. That He would come and in little old me, in little old you or little young you, if I look at some of the youth, He comes and He makes His home in us, the God of the heavens and the universe. And so we are individual temples of the Holy Spirit. But Paul is saying in this scripture that we, the church, are also a temple of God. The church, as God builds His church, we become a temple, a dwelling place for Him to live. There is a difference between God dwelling in you and God dwelling in His church. Did you know that? There is a different anointing that Holy Spirit brings upon churches, and we see that in different expressions. For example, Bethel. There is a unique dwelling of God in that place. Then you look at a place like Catch the Fire, how it was birthed in the Toronto Blessing in the mid-90s. There's a unique expression of God in that place. Same God, same Holy Spirit as Paul says in Corinthians, but different expression, a different feeling. And so what happens is we think, well, we're just the temple of Holy Spirit and that's it. 
But no, as we come together corporately, corporately, Holy Spirit comes in an anointing and He rests on us, His people, in a certain way. So there is a particular anointing that Holy Spirit wants to bring upon this place. Yes, we are filled with the Spirit. If you've been baptized in the Spirit, you have all of God. But Holy Spirit comes in new ways. He comes in new waves. He comes in new movements. He does. So if we just say, well, we've got all of God here and that's good. Well, that, that is it's amazing. We, we, we are so thankful to God for what He's done in our life. But there is an anointing that Holy Spirit brings upon this place. And I want to show you. All right? Turn with me to Acts chapter 15, verse 16. After this. So this prophecy, it, it's... Um, Luke is writing this and it's Paul speaking but this prophecy is from Amos 9 verse 11 okay after this I will return this is this is God speaking he says after this I will return and build David's fallen tabernacle interesting its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it the rest of mankind so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord even all the Gentiles who bear my name. Did you get that? This prophecy began to be fulfilled at Pentecost when Holy Spirit was poured out upon the 120 in the upper room when Christ birthed the church. Amen? God's saying through this that since Pentecost, since the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2 and 3, He is building something in His church. Holy Spirit is at work in us to build something. What is it? He's restoring David's tabernacle. We're not going back. See, when we say that, people think, what, are we going back to an old covenant? Are we going back to what David did in his relationship with God? No, we're going back. Holy Spirit's building something. David's tabernacle, it's a picture of where people came in to experience God through the praise and worship of King David. King David built a place. He, he built, it was, a, it was a tabernacle. It wasn't necessarily a physical place, but it was an atmosphere in his life that he had built through praise and worship where people would come and experience God. Where people would be like, well, is God real? Isn't God real? I don't know. Where they would come along and all of a sudden they would encounter and experience God in such a profound way that they can't deny Him. Yeah. Come on. See, the, the, this is what Holy Spirit wants to build in this place. He wants to build a tabernacle where He can come and rest. And so when people in our community, when people in your workplace, when you invite your friend along, all of a sudden they have to say, there is a God who exists on the earth. Come on. That's David's tabernacle. And it's built through praise and worship. That's amazing. Praise and worship. I love that. Because that means I can do it. That means you can do it. I don't have to be some fancy preacher. I don't have to have a, a particular breakthrough in my health. I could be sick and still do it. I don't, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be, uh, I don't have to be living what I, what I see as a particular holy life. It's not based on your performance. It's based on your praise and your worship. Amen. That's what Holy Spirit's saying through this scripture. Wow. So he wants to build, rebuild David's fallen tabernacle. He's in the midst of doing that, is he not? Yeah. 
He's in the midst of that. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, the Apostle Paul says, When you come together, come with a song, come with a hymn, come with a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. What's he saying? He's saying that when you come together and meet as the church, you're meant to come with something. He says that in Colossians. He says it in Ephesians. In fact, his, all his writings about the church coming together is about coming as the individual to give. And the mindset, I call it the consumer mindset that we have in this world today, and we get it as we grow up, it comes upon our life, is that I have to go everywhere and I need to receive. So I'm going to go to the shopping centre. Oh, well, the cafe is not great there. Well, I don't really, I don't really like uh, the clothes of this place. Or I, I go to, um, I go to a, another church and I think, wow, you know, the worship really isn't for me there. I don't like the songs. I don't, you know, people, people are rocking up late. Um, you know, maybe I'll just miss the first bit of worship because I don't like that first song they sing. You know, it's a consumer mindset. It's where we come along and, and we're in the primary mindset of I have to come to receive. Now, there, I'm not saying there's not an element of that. We come to church to receive, amen. We receive the word. We receive from Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm not kicking that down. But the Apostle Paul, what he teaches is that the majority of the time we are meant to come to church with the mindset of giving. We're meant to come with a tongue. We're meant to come with a psalm, a hymn. That's praise and that's worship. Come on. You know, if you're going to translate that scripture today, for the younger people, come with a rap song. I wouldn't mind. Come with something. Just come to give. And see, that's why many people struggle to praise God. See, I, I, I could, I'm just going to cut the line here, right? Worship is easier. Why? Because when you worship, it's about me. It's more about me when I worship because uh, it's engaging with my emotions. God, I'm going through this struggle, but I worship you. I love you. I love you, Holy Spirit. Come and move in my life. So worship is great. It's a transaction between you and God. It's where we're flowing from ourselves to God. The reason so many people struggle with praise is because praise is nothing to do with you. Praise is all about God. And so when we come to a place and we ramp up the praise level, all of a sudden you're either in or you're out. There's no in between. You can either, you can either jump in the river or you're out of the river. Come on. And I'm going to quote Keith Moore here. And I say, it's time to jump in. Amen. It's time to jump in the river. It's time to give. It's time to come to church and to give and to praise and to worship God and to exalt God because when we praise Him, we're not focused on ourselves. We're completely focused on Him. And that's why people can struggle with it. Praise comes up against our selfishness and our self-centeredness. And the reason many of us are in pain, the reason many of us are unhappy, is because we can be self-centered. Not God-centered. That hurt me a little bit, that one. So we all have a part to play. Praise. Uh, I've spoken about this before, but I have to touch on this because I, I love it. I, I like to express passion, right? Praise in the Hebrew. There's seven words for praise. Over half of them mean to move your body, right? Right? mean to jump around. It means to, you know, 
move your hands, do, just do something, walk, I don't know, whatever you can do, even just stand, stand up and do, you know, the little Pentecostal two-step for the older people in the room. Do something, that's what praise is. See, come on. See, biblical praise, biblical praise is that we move, we express ourselves. okay? The other, out of those seven, the other three words, they all mean to shout, to give a shout, a voice of shout of triumph to God, to, to, to lift up your voice in the midst of whatever circumstance you're in and to glorify Jesus. In the Greek, it means to exalt, to boast in God, to glorify Jesus. In other words, it's about not thinking about myself, not thinking about the people around me and jumping around and worshipping God, praising Him. Amen? Come on. Yeah. Come on. We need that. We need that in this place. And I want to speak today on something really important. I want to sp- I'm going to speak on the effects of corporate praise and worship. So I've set you up because often when I preach a message and it's about people having to do something, people start then, oh, I have to do something. Oh, I've been working all week. I've been doing stuff all week. I'm just going to switch off. Don't switch off, okay? Yes, this is a message about you having to do something, about coming together. As we come together on a Sunday and we praise God corporately. So we think that that's the, that's the house. We are the house of God. And so when we come together, we praise Him corporately. And I want to talk about the effects of that. So you've got to get your eyes off yourself today and put them on the person next to you. Because praise... Praise, praise is not just about you and your breakthrough. Praise is about the person next to you. Praise is about this house. Praise is about the city of Melbourne. Amen? Come on. So if we think praise is our expression of God's worth, whenever I talk about praise, this is what I'm talking about in this message. I'm talking about enthroning God. That's what I'm talking about. Praise is about enthroning God firstly in our hearts and then in this house. Amen. And there's things that God will never do in this place unless everybody jumps in. So I'm reliant on you. I'm reliant on every person in this room. That's a responsibility, but it's true. There are things you will never be able to receive when you praise God on your own. That's the truth. There's a corporate expression of praise where Holy Spirit comes and begins to do new things. Are we ready for that? Come on. All right. Let's get going. Psalm 147 verse 1. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to God. How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. You know, in other translation, it says praise makes you lovely before Him. Praise makes you beautiful. I like that. Anyone want to increase in their looks? <laughs> praise more. That's why I got such a beautiful wife, because I was a praiser as a young kid. God, God made me beautiful. Amen? It's a tip for all the young men in this place. Or older, if you want to stay beauty, beautiful in your older age. Okay, yeah, all right, moving on. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Do you see the the flow there? 
that as we praise the Lord, as we sing praises to our God, why? Because it's fitting to praise Him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem, which is God's people. Amen? He builds up God's people. He gathers the exiles of Israel. That, that is a picture of people who are not yet in the kingdom of God. That's a picture of the lost in this city. People who aren't a part of the kingdom, they're in exile. As we praise, all of a sudden, a sound goes out and begins to draw them in. Ooh, wow. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. As we praise God, he begins to heal people, people's hearts. As we develop corporate and a corporate expression of praise here in such a profound way where we turn into radical lovers and praisers, he begins to heal people's hearts and he binds up their wounds. Those who are wounded. Anyone been wounded before? Yeah, you don't, you don't have to act like I'm in church. I'll just be, I won't get involved. I better not share. We've all been wounded. We've all been wounded. When we develop a house of praise, God binds up people's wounds. The breakthrough that people can't get on their own, when they come into this place, God begins to bind up their hearts together. They go from being orphans to sons. They go from being children in the kingdom to sons in the kingdom, then to spiritual mothers and fathers in the kingdom of God. So when we develop this corporate expression of praise, all of a sudden, people go, when people come in and they're broken and they're running around and they love God, they love Jesus, but they're spiritual orphans. They think like orphans. They, they hurt people. When they come in here, when we have developed praise and worship, they come in and they begin to receive from God in such a profound way that He begins to heal their heart and bind up their wounds. Amen? That's what I want. When I come here on a Sunday morning, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about the people who need breakthrough. I'm thinking about the people who God brings in and they need, it, they need to be healed in their hearts. They need to be transformed in their hearts. And the greatest way we can contribute to that is praise. It's praise. You don't have to be up here preaching to give to people today. That makes me happy. So point one is praise builds a highway for healing. Corporate praise builds a highway for healing. Imagine in the city of Croydon, in the city of Melbourne, if this house was known as a highway of healing, where people would come in here and they would, be, they would know this place as you come to this place because you receive healing in your heart because you receive healing in your physical body. You come to this place because God is real and God lives there. It's not that God lives in the, it's not that the building, but it's God lives amongst the people. Amen? How awesome is that? That's what we want. Amen? So Isaiah chapter 62 verse 10 says, Pass through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up. Build up the highway remove the stones, raise a banner for the nations. And then in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18, it says, your walls will be called salvation and your gates praise. It creates a spiritual highway 
where people, your friends who don't know him, people in the community, when they come along, it is easy for them to encounter God. It's easy for them to receive healing. See, I can go to places and I love the bride of Christ, so I don't like talking negatively, but you can go to places and there is no atmosphere for receiving. There is no atmosphere in there for God to move. And you go in and out, and that's why people can be in a place for 10 years and never change. When I say a place, I mean a church. Because they've never cultivated an atmosphere. They've never built a highway to the heart of God. They've never built something, created space for Holy Spirit to move so that when people come in, it is easy for them to receive from the Lord. And I believe that this is what Holy Spirit's doing here. Amen? I've seen that here. In fact, this year I was talking to Pastor Andrew the other week. This year I've seen more people transformed than the three years beforehand in the last eight months. And it's as, it's as a leadership team, as we've got a vision from God for praise specifically. We've had, a vision, we've had purpose and vision from God to say, we're going to focus on praise. And as we've done that, I've seen young people go from here to here. As we've done that, I've seen people come and encounter God in such a profound way that shame and depression is completely stripped off their life. Come on. Come on. How awesome is that? How, and you are to thank for that because you're jumping in the river. When everyone jumps in the river, this is what happens. We create a highway. We build up the highway and we raise a banner. How awesome is that? What's the banner? It's a banner of praise. God is real. We release a sound into this city. We release a sound into Croydon. There's a sound that goes with you into your workplace that says God is real. As we exalt Him, as we praise Him, it releases a sound to people and they're drawn to this place. Woo! They're drawn to you. They're drawn to you. Amen. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they're in prison. This is an amazing scripture. I love this passage because I think of my response, God, I'm doing your work. So they're in Philippi, they're doing the work of the Lord and then they get whipped and beaten up. That would hurt getting whipped on your back, wouldn't it? God, I'm doing your work and now I'm thrown into prison. Many, I believe 99.999% of people would crack it. But what are Paul and Silas doing? It says at midnight, they're in the inner cell, in the prison. There's prisoners all around them. They're stuck in the heart of the city, in the worst place. And what do they do? They begin to praise God. It says they begin to sing hymns. They begin to praise Him. They, they, they begin to pray. And the most profound part about this scripture is that it says the prisoners were listening to them. The prisoners were listening to them. What happens after that? An earthquake comes and bang, everyone's chains are completely set loose. Everyone's chains come off them. The jailer comes in, uh, uh, he's going to kill himself because he thought, I'm going to get in so much trouble. But they stay there and the jailer gets saved and it leads to a whole reformation in the city. Wow, come on. But see, when Paul and Silas were praising... Where two or three are gathered, when everyone jumps in the river, just took Paul and Silas in agreement, when they praised, when they worshipped, what happened? 
the prisoners were listening to them. That tells me that corporate praise, when we, as we build a house here of corporate praise, it becomes attractive to people. The church becomes attractive to people who don't know God when we praise and worship. The prisoners were listening. When we praise and we worship God in who we are, in, in, in we may be going through the same situation. You may be going through the same situation that your friend is going through. You may be going through a sickness. You may be going through a financial issue. But as we come and as we worship and praise God together, what happens is it releases a spiritual attraction to those around us. And they begin to say, I want what you've got. I need what you've got. Come on, you're, you're in this situation, but you're not reacting like me. I'm full of anxiety and depression and fear. And you're full of faith. You're full of victory and freedom and purpose and conviction. All because you become a praiser and a worshipper of the Lord. Come on. Woo! Bless her, Lord. I've seen that here. I call them my, my fun Fridays in the office because I had to shift my work around this year. And, and I'm in here on a Friday on my own in the office. And they're now my fun Fridays because there's attraction. There is an attraction upon this place. I don't have to do any work. People just come through the doors. Broken people, people who are in prison. On Friday, last Friday, a guy comes in. He was just walking along the street. And he's just like, I just felt to come into this place. It was awesome. He was going through a financial issue, uh, going through a divorce. He was about to lose his apartment. He had a little kid. And I was able to pray with him for a good 10 minutes. I was able to talk to him about Jesus, talk to him about the gospel, gave him a Bible and sent him out full of faith. Amen. Come on. But those opportunities begin to come along as we praise and worship. Praise creates a spiritual attraction. The prisoners listen. They do. People listen to your life. People listen to our church when we praise God. It's the, it's the effect of corporate praise. Oh, I love that. Point number two. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13. The trumpeters and the musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. This is King Solomon when they've just built this amazing temple for God, okay? Imagine all the gold that went into that joint. Spent a lot of money on that. And they build this amazing place, but a place isn't amazing unless God's in it. So they know they need God in that temple. They know they need God there. So Solomon, what does he do? He, he, doesn't, he doesn't bring along a bunch of bulls and goats and slaughter them all. He doesn't bring all this food along and have a party with people. He says, get the priests, get the trumpeters, get the praises. And they fill the temple. And what happens? Accompanied by the trumpet cymbals and other instruments, no tambourines, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and they sang, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord, listen, as they praise God, okay? Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. Oh. And the priests could not perform their service 
because of the cloud. That is a part of our theology for when people get drunk in the spirit. It's the glory of the Lord. The priests couldn't perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the temple. Wow. Come on. Did you notice that? That as the priests, as the trumpeters, as the praisers, as they came in in unison, not just 10 people up the front, not just 20 people coming ready, but everyone. Everyone in that temple was praising God. And then the glory of the Lord comes. And then there's an expression of the Holy Spirit who comes in a new way and does a work amongst His people. Come on. Everyone jumped in. Woo! I love that. Everyone. I could imagine Solomon, you know, overseeing it. And if there was someone in there and, you know, we don't want to be harsh to people. I'm very pastoral. And if there was someone in there and they were just standing there, oh, praise you, God, praise you, God. Solomon's like, no, get out. No, come on. We, we, we want people who are going to jump in the river. We want people who are going to praise and worship because then the glory of the Lord comes in. Don't leave if you're too scared to praise, though. It's okay. That's right. We learn to grow in that, amen. And I say to people, if you're at a one, then go to a two. If you're at a two, go to a five. This is in your expression of praise, yeah? If you're at a 10, go to a hundred. It never ends, amen? We had that. We went to Catch the Fire in Toronto and, uh, and there was a unique expression of Holy Spirit in that place. And I remember it was the second or third night and, uh, and they did a, a call for people who were under 30. Thank you, Lord. I'm still under 30. I was thinking they were going to say 25 and then I would have been in trouble. But under 30, I'm happy with that. And, uh, and so they did this call. We went up and it was like, you know, I'm filled with the Spirit. I love God with all my heart. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm doing all right, okay? But Holy Spirit came in such a profound way that like I was just out on the floor. I couldn't do anything. I could not do anything. It was like the sovereignty of God came and it was just a, a full-on encounter with God that I was like, wow, that's amazing. And that's for everyone. That's for everyone. Those encounters aren't just for the few, but that's for everyone who wants to jump in. Amen? So this is what happens. The second thing that happens when we build corporate praise and worship in this place is it creates an atmosphere for encounter. You help create an atmosphere for people to encounter God. How awesome is that? You. Yes, you. Me, you. You, the person next to you, the person to the left or to the right. As you join in, as you praise God, you help create an atmosphere for encounter. Why? Because like I said at the start, the only way Holy Spirit is enthroned amongst the people, God is enthroned, is through praise. So you, you enthrone Him in your heart when you praise. And then as He's enthroned in everyone's heart, all of a sudden He gets enthroned in a house. All of a sudden the, ta the, the tabernacle of David is at work. People begin to experience God in a new way. Amen? 
In Acts chapter 13, verse 1, it says that the disciples were ministering to the Lord. The apostles were in the church of Antioch and they're ministering to God. What were they doing? They were blessing Him. I still think that is so profound that you, I can bless God. We make Him happy. That's amazing. We bless Him. We bring joy to Him. And as they were doing that, see, what was the ministering? The ministering was prayer. The ministering was fasting. The ministering was worship. The ministering was praise. As they did that, it says, Holy, this passage says, Holy Spirit spoke and He said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas to go do the work of ministry that I've called them to do. Now, many people question, so the scholars think, how did Holy Spirit speak? Was it an audible voice or did He speak through someone? I tend to think that God works by speaking through people. I believe that Holy Spirit spoke through a prophet there. And the prophet said, by the words of the Holy Spirit, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. Either way, either Holy Spirit spoke audibly or he didn't. The whole point is that the atmosphere of praise and worship, it allowed the gifts of the Spirit to come. And the gifts, the ministry of Holy Spirit is so needed in the church today. The ministry of Holy Spirit is what sets people free. The gifts of the Spirit, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, gift of prophecy, faith, healings, miracles. They all function via agency of Holy Spirit. And when did Holy Spirit come and speak? When they were ministering to the Lord. That tells me that as we praise and as we worship, Holy Spirit begins to speak to people. Holy Spirit begins to speak to those leading the service. He begins to speak to you for the person next to you. He begins to speak to you about solutions for your own life. People come in here and receive answers when we're a house of praise and worship because Holy Spirit is moving. We begin to activate the gifts of the Spirit as we praise and worship. Come on. I see a lot of people in here who can move in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. So as you come, as you jump in the river, Holy Spirit will move through you for the person next to you. And you'll begin to take that out into your workplace. You'll begin to take that to your family. You'll begin to take that home. Begin to change the atmosphere in your house. Amen. Amen. Who wants that? Come on. Come on. That's so awesome. We've seen people here. And as we've created space for Holy Spirit to move, as we've come into his courts with thanksgiving and into his gates with praise, all of a sudden he starts to do a work. We've had fire tunnels here where people have encountered God. Prayer and impartation, that's what a fire tunnel is, where you give space for Holy Spirit to move. And all of a sudden I've seen people and they've come in, maybe they've been brought along by a friend and they come through and they are completely and radically encountered by God in such a profound way. We've seen people healed of back issues, shoulder issues. We've seen people healed of allergies. We've been seen people healed of blood issues. Why? All because we've developed an atmosphere for encounter in this place. See, it's a, the partnership between heaven and earth. It's the partnership between Holy Spirit and us, the balance of faith and grace. So we're not doing all the work and God's not doing all the work. We're in unison. We're working together. So people think, well, it's just, you're, you know, are you just hyping things up? No, no, no. We're stepping out in faith. 
we're radically expressing God's worth, we're enthroning him in this place and wherever the king is enthroned, the river flows. Wow. Corporate praise creates an, an atmosphere of encounter. I want this place to be known, Hope City. I want it to be a house of encounter where people don't just come and, and they leave and they think, well, is God real or not? I want this to be a place, and, and I know you do too, where people come along and we just experience God and you can't deny that Jesus Christ is king on the earth. Psalm 46, this scripture... Oh, it is anointed. God is our refuge, okay? God is your refuge today. And He's our strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Listen to this. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. The psalmist here wasn't talking about a physical mountain falling into the sea. He wasn't talking about the actual sea roaring and foaming. What's he talking about? He's talking about the kingdoms of this world. He's talking about the kingdoms of Melbourne, of Victoria, of Australia. He's talking about the seven mountains in society where, there's, where you look at the work of the devil, where you look at the strongholds that the devil has built up in society. The mountains are roaring. The waves are roaring. There's all this chaos going in, on in the world, is there not? Chaos going on outside of the church. But listen to this. I love this. So he's painting the picture that there's all this chaos happening in the world. And then he says, listen, there is a river. Whoa, this is the river I'm talking about. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Woo! There's a river. So there's all this chaos going on in the world, but there's a river who makes glad the city of God. What's the river? John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus says, To all who are thirsty, come and drink. Come and drink, everyone who is thirsty. For those who believe in me, as Scripture said, a river of living water will flow from your innermost being. A river will flow from you. Who's the ones who believe? That is the church. Those who believe in me, those who become a part of the bride of Christ to receive salvation, a river of living water flows through you. The river is Holy Spirit. There is a river of God called Holy Spirit. This is the same river as Ezekiel 47. The Ezekiel 47 river where the prophet Ezekiel, he got a vision from God. He saw the temple and he saw a river flowing out of the temple where God dwelt. And where did it go? It went into the Dead Sea. It went into every place that was dead. This river of life, this river of Holy Spirit 
went into the Dead Sea and what does it say? It brought everything back to life. Come on. Woo. How awesome is that? How amazing is that? There's this river called Holy Spirit. And it's in the city of God. The city of God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says that we are a city on a hill. Many people are waiting for a city to come down from heaven, not realizing that there's a spiritual reality to that already where we are a part of the city that God is building on earth. Interesting. It says in Hebrews chapter 12 that we haven't come to a physical mountain in the old covenant where they could touch it and see it. We come to a spiritual mountain in the new covenant, don't we? We come to Mount Zion. What does it say? We come. We come. So we're already a part of Mount Zion. We come to Mount Zion to the church of the firstborn, the what? The heavenly Jerusalem with thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, worshipping God. That is a present tense reality right now. When we praise and worship, we are joining the angels in heaven. We are joining the angels on earth, giving glory to Jesus Christ. And as we enthrone God, as we enthrone Him in this place, wherever God is enthroned, the river flows. See, the river flows from the city because God's enthroned. The river flows from the temple, Ezekiel saw, because God is enthroned in the temple. So that tells me if Psalm 22 verse 3, he's enthroned upon the praises of his people, that means when you enthrone God through corporate praise and worship, this river is released from the church. This is the third effect, and I love this. This is the third effect of corporate praise and worship is that it releases God's river of revival into a city. It releases God's river of revival. It's not hard. Your praise and worship, as we come together in unity and in agreement, it releases Holy Spirit to work into this city. It releases a sound. It shifts spiritual atmospheres. Revelation chapter 22 I'm daring to go where no preacher goes at the moment. Revelation paints this picture of radical praises and lovers. So in Revelation, I'll go to chapter 1 first. It says God has made us to be a king, to be kings and priests, right? What's the function of a priest? It's praise. It's to control, it's to, it's to give praise to God. They would control the atmosphere of praise in a place says, we are built into kings and priests. Then what does it say? Look, Jesus is coming on the clouds. And we all think, well, Jesus is going to come down on physical clouds one day. Clouds in the Bible are always a picture of the presence of God in the angelic realm. The prophet Habakkuk prophesied that the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. It's interesting when you read it in the Greek when it says, look, he is coming on the clouds. It's actually a present tense continual, continual present tense. So that means when the prophet John had that vision, when he released that vision to the church, he was saying right now, Jesus is coming on the clouds. He's coming and he's continually coming. What is it? It's the glory of the Lord continually filling the earth. 
As the glory of the Lord continually fills the earth, every realm of society is affected. When the church begins to rise up as a priest, as we begin to praise and as we begin to worship God, Jesus comes into a city. He rides in on the praises of his people. I can see it ticking over in your heads. It's amazing, isn't it? Think about this. They give glory and honour to praise and praise to God in Revelation 4 and 5. They give glory and honour to Him. There's this whole picture of heavenly praise and worship. And then in Revelation chapter 22, it says this. In verse 1, it talks about the new Eden, the city of God. There is a river of the water of life. That same river. There's another river. Interesting. There's a river of the water of the life of life flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb of God. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life and the leaves of the tree will be for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. Wow. There's a river. See, there is a future physical reality to that. But there is a present tense spiritual reality that as we praise and as we worship God, there is a river released. As we enthrone God in this place, a river goes out into your workplace. A river goes out into the spiritual atmosphere. Places where before you felt like there was a stronghold of the enemy, all of a sudden a spiritual atmosphere shifts and you're able to share Jesus with someone. All of a sudden, opportunities that you never had before begin to open up. All of a sudden, the seven mountains in Melbourne that we felt have been impenetrable, all of a sudden the arts, the media, sports, entertainment, wherever you're working at in finance, in business, in politics, all of a sudden there's a shift in the spiritual atmosphere there as we corporately, as the church rises up in corporate praise and worship. Come on. How awesome is that? That's amazing. So as we praise and worship, the river flows. That's so good. Oh. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 says, A part of our inheritance in Christ is that we receive a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That word garment is the word mantle. Hebrew culture, Jewish culture always understood that a mantle was what the prophet had. And whenever the mantle, whenever the prophet would use the mantle, God would move. So if you look at Elisha, when he takes the mantle from Elijah, when he receives that, he goes to the river Jordan, he strikes the mantle and says, where is the God of Elijah? And a whole river is parted. That tells me that praise is our new covenant mantle. Praise is the church's new, coven, new covenant garment. When we take on the garment of praise, what happens is that there is a river released. God begins to go on our behalf. When we take up the garment of praise, God begins to move. God begins to shift things in a city. It doesn't mean we don't go out and do something. It means that he shifts a spiritual atmosphere. Things that were impenetrable before in Croydon, in Melbourne, begin to shift as we praise as we take up that mantle and begin to strike. How awesome is that? God begins to move. 
And I've had it in my heart that as we take up praise, as we begin to corporately worship God, as we come together on a Sunday, and when you think about it, it's not a long time. It's not a long time to come and give. 20 minutes, half hour, an hour, it's not that long. Just to come and give to God, just to come and praise and worship Him, just to come and be selfless and think about the person next to us, think about the people down the road. As we come and as we praise corporately, what happens is that that spirit of praise begins to penetrate every area of despair in this city. And I see a lot of despair. I see a lot of hopelessness in people's lives. So praise, firstly, it affects people in this house and people who come in here. As we corporately praise and worship, it creates a highway for healing. It creates an atmosphere for people to encounter God. But then there's another facet of it where it actually shifts the spiritual atmospheres of a whole city. You look at every revival that's happened in the last 200 years and it's all based off, it's all come from a foundation of a new praise and worship movement. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. And it's our heart at Hope City that we wouldn't be a place where we're just contained to four walls on a Sunday, but we would send people out, equip people and send them out in your workplace, send you out into the mission field, send you out into your families, into Croydon, into Melbourne, wherever you go, and that you would make an impact for the kingdom of God. Amen? And the way we do that is that we develop here a place of praise and worship. Radical praises, radical worshippers who love God. We've been seeing a lot of suicide lately on the news. A lot of people committing suicide. That's demonic. That's, a, that's spiritual. That's a demon. Why? How do I know that? Because human nature is to keep ourselves alive, fight or flight. Our reaction is that if something's going to kill us, we run. We either fight or we run. We do something. We, we do anything to survive. You try and save someone who's drowning, you're in trouble because they'll, they'll try and drown you to stay afloat. So for someone to kill themselves is a demon. It is. And what Unlock, what penetrates, what breaks down the enemy's stronghold in someone's life? It doesn't say, it doesn't say prayer, though prayer is great. It doesn't say giving them godly counsel, though godly counsel is amazing. It says the garment of praise. The garment of praise completely destroys the spirit of despair in a whole city. Come on, come on. It's the garment of praise, amen, as the church takes it up as a mantle. That river is released and the enemy's strongholds are broken in a city. He builds Jesus. He establishes a stronghold in His church upon the praises of infants and children. It doesn't take much, just a little child praising God. He establishes a stronghold to what? Silence the foe and the avenger. To silence the devil in a city. Amen. So can we be a house of great praise and worship? Can we work with Holy Spirit to be a place like David's tabernacle where we encounter God, where we experience God here and people come in and go out completely transformed? Amen. Can we enthrone God in this place in such a way that His river 
it'll become like a huge torrent going out into a city and that we jump in and that we swim in the river, the Ezekiel River, Ezekiel 47. So I encourage you, if you're ankle deep, like the prophet said, go knee deep. If you're knee deep, then go a little bit further. If, if, you're, if you're almost swimming, then go out even more. Because Holy Spirit needs us in this city. He needs us to be radical praisers and worshippers. Amen. To exalt God, enthrone God in Croydon, in Melbourne. So we love you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we say you are enthroned in this place. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And Holy Spirit, we say yes to partnering with you. We jump on in. And Father, I pray that you would raise up in this place, in this place, radical praises and worshippers. Raise up, Holy Spirit, people who will be so devoted to you, God. People who will lavish their love upon you, Father. People who will come and express themselves in a whole new way because they receive the revelation of who you are, of your work in their life, God. Marys, like in John chapter 12, Marys who won't care what the religious people think, but will come in and will break open that flask of devotion and precious oil to you, Jesus. So Father, raise up in this house radical lovers, praisers and worshippers of you, Jesus Christ. And we release that right now, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' Name. We say yes to you, Lord. We give you our yes, Jesus. We give you our yes, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit.